Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, art, likes and dislikes, things you've seen, heard, or read what we did, and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. Uh, for this episode, it's kind of like a bonus extra episode for this week before there are two regular episodes coming up. Uh, reason why is because I kind of wanted to address the whole Xbox Activision Blizzard ABK uh, King, that whole thing versus the FTC, the CD, CMA in UK, blah, 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 blah. All jargon if you're not familiar with the subject matter. But if you are, uh, you know why I'm, I'm, I'm recording something right now. It's because uh, Xbox actually won against the injunction that the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, did against them. Because the FTC was pretty much complaining that, oh, we're, we don't want major companies to merge together. And that's exactly kind of what happened. Activision Blizzard King, ABK for short, uh, pretty much asked Microsoft to buy them. That's essentially what happened. They said, we're on sale. We're, we're for sale. Uh, hey, Microsoft, do you want to buy, the, buy us? That's essentially what happened. Okay, that happened last year, uh, early last year. So, so it took this long, and there was a deadline coming up, July 18. Um, as you're recording this, it probably is July 18. And, and the state of the matter is, even though... Uh, Microsoft can go ahead and buy ABK um, because the FTC can't stop them right now. There, I believe ABK is going to go ahead and do an extension. I think they have to because if Microsoft doesn't buy ABK before July 18 or by July 18, they have to give ABK $3 billion, right? And I'm pretty sure ABK wants to be sold. They want to sell themselves. And even though the CMA, the... The, the division over in the UK that's blocked that, that that's that blocked it over there. They're going to go ahead and uh, re reinvestigate or or redo their their agreement with Microsoft or Xbox or the whole thing, so that maybe they can go ahead and push it through anyway. So the CMA was pretty much saying that it's going to be a case of where Microsoft will be too strong in the cloud department if they buy ABK. Even though Microsoft has said, "Hey, we're willing to let other cloud providers have these ABK games," you know, and a lot of it has to do with Call of Duty, and Microsoft wants Call of Duty out to be for everybody because Call of Duty is a money maker, and, and this is kind of the same logic they have with Minecraft. Minecraft is pretty much available everywhere because Microsoft knows that the more Minecraft is everywhere, the more they can make money off Minecraft, which they do, and. Call of Duty is the same way. The more they can spread Call of Duty out everywhere, the more money they can make. So they, they really have no reason to keep it exclusive to the Xbox brand, which is essentially uh, Xbox console, PC, uh, Windows PC specifically, and, and Xbox Game Pass, which is cloud gaming, right? So so what's going on right now is, is FTC wanted it to stop. The judge said you, you don't have ev- any evidence to start to tell them to stop it, because in all honesty, uh, the FTC was against this for ideological reasons, right? In general, you don't want big corporations to merge with another big corporation, because eventually you'll have one big giant corporation that rules them all. And that's true for certain 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 industries, but video games right now is not in that case. All right, so this is the argument here, right? The argument is from a lot of the Sony fans, the PlayStation fans, the people who are really pushing it to fail. Uh, the argument is that we don't want Microsoft to be too strong. 
define too strong. And that's been my question. Define too strong. That's what that's what the judges the, the judge in the case in the FTC case said. Define that. How does Microsoft owning Activision Blizzard King make them too strong? Now the argument could be there is you can make uh, it could make them richer. Yes, it would definitely make them richer, right? But does it destroy the competition? I think not. And the reason why is because Nintendo still exists and PlayStation still exists. Unless Microsoft can somehow buy Nintendo and PlayStation, if they have ABK, they are that is not considered a monopoly. A monopoly is when you have such a huge dominance in the industry, no other company can compete. And to say that that there is no other company that can compete against Microsoft with Call of Duty with ABK is a lie. All right, Nintendo Switch is the best-selling console in this generation. Uh, and then if you just specifically go Xbox versus PlayStation, PlayStation clearly sells more than Xbox. All right, there's that. Um, you People who are saying that Microsoft is too strong if they have ABK is completely discounting the, the strength of Nintendo and PlayStation's uh, games. Right, You're completely discounting Super Mario Brothers, Zelda, uh, Metroid, uh, and all the other Mario, Mario games is a lot in Donkey Kong, I guess, in, in Nintendo. You're also discounting God of War, The Last of Us, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, all those games that, that the PlayStation have that a lot of people love. If those games still exist in PlayStation, if those games still exist in Nintendo, they're still competing, right? They are, they are the market leader against Xbox. And to think that that Xbox getting Call of Duty is enough for them to win is just in denial. All right, you're just making it up. All right, Activision Blizzard King is pretty much known for what? Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Yeah, Candy Crush, which is a mobile game. Uh, Call of Duty, which is available on all consoles except for Nintendo Switch, um, which will change now because Microsoft said we're going to give Nintendo Call of Duty, among other things. Activision Blizzard also has World of Warcraft, primarily a PC game. Diablo, which is available everywhere, right? Overwatch, which is available everywhere. Those are games that aren't exactly games that will benefit Microsoft if they were exclusive. Could they make them exclusive? Sure. But and the only, but the only one they're concerned about to make it multi-platform is Call of Duty, because that's the moneymaker. If they make Overwatch exclusive, that's... I can see that happening, but I don't. Maybe not. Maybe maybe not. Because they're all like like live service games where P they rely on players to keep playing in. If you take away a certain portion, it isn't like single player games like Elder Scroll. I know a lot of people were saying, "Well, Elder Scroll is gonna be an exclusive game to X," but yeah, sure. But that's a single player game. It doesn't really have like a multiplayer aspect into those games, as, unless you play the Elder Scroll Online, which is multi-platform. So the argument that, that Microsoft will be too strong, they will be a monopoly if they have ABK, is is pretty much making you're just making it up. Okay, that's not the case. Have them having ABK is, as they say, is better for the industry because more people will be able to play those games in more platforms that that aren't that Call of Duty isn't available in right now, but they will be if they own them. Like I said, Call of Duty will go to Nintendo. In fact, Nintendo has a contract that it's Call of Duty 
plus other Activision Blizzard games, right? Sony just Sony just recently made a contract. They finally signed the contract, but they were so late signing the contract. They're only the, Microsoft is only required to get into Call of Duty. The other everything else is up for grabs or what up for whatever decision they decide. But right now it's only Call of Duty, right? So sorry for PlayStation fans, but Jim Ryan, your CEO, kind of screwed the pooch there. You know, if he signed it earlier, that this wouldn't have been an issue. Right, but Nintendo, Nintendo looks look is looking like Xbox uh, handheld uh, system. Like if you put the Xbox games in, in Nintendo Switch, that will pretty much be the Xbox handheld system, and then the Xbox Series can be their main home console. So, and I think that's the reason why Microsoft is playing friendly with Nintendo in this part. Um, but PlayStation fans can still play Call of Duty on PlayStation, so they shouldn't be too concerned about that. The other Activision Blizzard games that that might arrive in the future, sure, those would might probably go exclusive to Xbox, and it's not that you can do about it. But you can play it on PC, or you can subscribe to Game Pass for a month and play them on the cloud if you really wanted to. All right, so that's my argument on on that. It's not a bad thing to for Microsoft to have ABK uh, ideologically. Like the FTC's argument is that ideologically, you don't want two major companies joining forces. But as I've said already, those two forces together is not enough against PlayStation or Nintendo or, or the Embracer group. You know, there's so much competition, so much, so many big fish in the video game industries that them having ABK is not enough. It's, they're just, that only, that all, pretty much that's keeping them alive. That's going to keep them alive. And the reason why I'm saying it's gonna keep them alive, because the way Xbox is going right now, um, they would have they would have pretty much been pushed out of the market if, if things kept going the way they have been. All right. Because PlayStation Nintendo can literally survive on just their games. Like people would buy the Switch just for Nintendo games. People would just buy the PlayStation just for the PlayStation games. But not very many people buy the Xbox just for the Xbox games, right? Right now, people who have Xboxes are buying it for Game Pass, essentially, right? I'm not saying all of them do, but essentially, people who own an Xbox, like myself, we buy it for Game Pass. You buy Xbox if you're in a budget, because Game Pass is pretty much, you just pay like over $100, $120 a year, and you have X amount of all these games available for you for that one console, so it's it's very affordable. I mean, games nowadays are not expensive, are not cheap, right? They're like seventy dollars for the AAA games, right? So like two two AAA games that you will buy, like la- like let's say, uh, the last the Last of Us plus Spider Man. That's like hundred and forty bucks. That's a year of Game Pass. That's a year of Game Pass right there. So for two PlayStation AAA high quality games, you can get hundreds of games a whole year on Game Pass. So that's why you buy an Xbox for Game Pass. I don't think anybody denies that. That's why you buy an Xbox for Game Pass. Or you play it on PC. It's available on PC as well. You can get the Game Pass for the, only for the PC. And you get the same exact games. Uh, just about. Okay, not all. Not, not Just about. A good majority. How about that? Okay. So, so people saying that Microsoft will be too strong is completely discounting the games that Nintendo have, the games that PlayStation have. And... And because PlayStation has been really good at grabbing third-party exclusive to release on PlayStation and not on Xbox, has been a really good strategy. 
because people will look at both consoles and go, yeah, you get Game Pass or Xbox, but there are games coming out for places that I want to play and they're not available for Xbox. And they're third party. I'm going to tell you about the first party ones. I'm talking about the third party ones, right? And if, like, like for example, uh, last year, Stray, the cat game came out. Sifu came out as well. A lot of people look at those and go, oh, those are PlayStation games. Hey, guys, they're also available for Xbox. They came out a year later, but they're also available for Xbox now. But nobody cares because everybody was already told, hey, they're PlayStation exclusive. Right? That's how they make the game. Final Fantasy, the newest Final Fantasy, came out only for PlayStation. So if you're a Japanese RPG fan and who loves Final Fantasy, you have to get a PlayStation. Even though Final Fantasy was available for Xbox on the previous generation. Right? So how is that fair to Xbox fans? You know, like last generation, Street Fighter V came out only on PlayStation and not on not on Xbox. Right now, Street Fighter VI is available for all consoles, uh, well, Xbox and PlayStation and PC, and, and it's doing much better because it's, it has a wider market, right? Square Enix is complaining that Final Fantasy isn't selling enough. Well, maybe it's because you only release it on PlayStation and only PlayStation. So... So Sony was pretty much trying to do the the, the I'm gonna we're gonna grab as many third party exclusive as we can get and and box out Microsoft box out the Xbox, and and that way more people will avoid Xbox and go PlayStation only, and and they'll that'll give it even more reason why Xbox can't survive, because if not enough people are buying to the Xbox ecosystem, then then what why why would they need to be in business? That's essentially what's going on, and and there is actually precedence to to this and this is where this is the reason why I'm recording this episode because I want to bring this up okay um, I don't know how long you listeners have been playing games but I've been playing games since the early 80s my first console was an Atari 2600 right with the with the Famicom the, the Japanese version of the Nintendo Entertainment System as my second console right so I've been playing for games for a while and I've seen things change in terms of dominance and, and the console wars thing like in the 80s um the NES was the predominant. It was dominated everybody. Okay, there was a Sega Match system and the Atari seventy two hundred, but they, they were pretty much like a niche audience. Like video gaming was Nintendo. That's pretty much what PlayStation wants to be. They want to. They want to be that that NES from the eighties, like the only console anybody cared about. Right. That's what they want to do. So the more they can push out competition, the better for them. Right. And. And this is more apparent with what happened in the turn of the century when there's this thing called the Sega Dreamcast was out. All right? So in context here, uh, the Genesis was, did a really good job fighting against Super Nintendo. Um, they went neck to neck. But the next level of, of consoles after that was the uh, Sega Saturn, the Sony PlayStation, the first one, and the N64, which is Nintendo's version. Now, the Sega Saturn compared to the Sony PlayStation, wasn't a good console. Okay, the Sega Saturn was fine for Sega fans and for fighting game fans because it had a good fighting game uh, catalog. Um, but it wasn't enough to compete against PlayStation. So they had they lost a lot of money. Sega lost a lot of money with there. So they created the Sega Dreamcast to fix all the mistakes they made. And for the most part, they really did. Okay. So a lot of people nowadays... And I don't know if this is just like changing history, revisionist history kind of situation, where they're saying the reason why the Sega Dreamcast failed is because of Sega themselves. It was Sega's fault and mismanagement that caused it to fail. There's some truth to that, but I wouldn't blame it on that. 
And the reason why is because Sega did everything they could to fix their problems. Okay. The Dreamcast did not, uh, the first, okay. People say Dreamcast failed because the first PlayStation is a better console. Okay. The first PlayStation was definitely the better product than the Saturn or the N64. But I will argue that the Dreamcast was absolutely a quality product worthy of gamers, especially uh, compared to PlayStation at the time. As because as we keep constantly hearing for many years now until today about how great the Dreamcast was. In retrospect, at least, sure. You know, Sega made mistakes in their time, but they legitimately made all the steps they needed to make to remedy all that with the Dreamcast. And they should have been rewarded for it. You know, that's a console that, that, that you can play online. That's a console that had like a portable memory unit and that you can play remotely from the console itself. It had, uh, uh, you can plug in four controllers at the time, which was a good thing. You can do that right there, you know, and it, 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 it was, it was a good console. You know, it was, it was a very, it was very affordable and it had really good games. You know, they should have been rewarded for it, but they weren't. You know, the Dreamcast didn't get kicked to the curb because the PlayStation 2 was a better product. Considering in 2000, in 1999, 2000, 2001, Sega's console had undeniably more to offer in terms of gaming than Sony's second console at the time. Okay. Remember, PlayStation 2 came out after the Dreamcast. PlayStation 2 wasn't even a product yet. However, it had a promise, you know. It was it, the whole strength of the PS2 at the time was fueled by all the great things they claim the Emotion Engine can offer developers and gamers. That's what Sega lost to. A promise that the PS2 will be the better console, you know. Except you just have to wait a few more years to actually experience its gaming potential. You know, most people just use it as a DVD player because a lot of people wanted a DVD player and that was an easy DVD player to own. And all they needed to do was ignore the current console competition, which at the time was the Dreamcast and the GameCube, and and that legit and and the Dreamcast legitimately had enjoyable games to play with at the time. So people when, when people say it's about the games, it really wasn't, because the PlayStation 2's launch didn't have a lot of games that were worth playing. They had some games, but not a lot of good ones, especially when you compare it to the catalog that Dreamcast had. Dreamcast was out a couple of years before PS2, you know. So of course it had a better catalog. And so Sega was hoping, well, we have all these great games for people to play. I'm sure they're going to buy us first while they're waiting for all the games to come out for PS2. But that wasn't the case. Uh, I was alive at the time. You know how many people I've, I've, talked, I've talked to that, that have told me uh, the reason why they're not trying, buying the Dreamcast is because they're waiting for the PlayStation 2. That's right. Gamers are willing to ignore games, playing games, just because they're waiting for the PS2. That's, that's how strong the brand of PlayStation was. That's how strong the, bland, the brand of PlayStation is nowadays. This is what Xbox was trying to avoid. Speaking of which, you know, the PS2 did end up becoming a great console. But, and, but the, the, the console that was going up against them at the time that had a good chance of, of fighting against them was the Xbox. The very first Xbox. Xbox had a lot of exclusive titles. They were being, they were being experimental what they could do. It also has better hardware and which is best emulated by uh, Splinter Cell. Splinter Cell was better on Xbox than it was on PlayStation, PlayStation 2, right? 
But but the fact that the Dreamcast died was a self-fulfilling prophecy done by the gamers, done by the developers. Gamers ignored it, it died. Developers ignored it because they waited for PS2, so it died. Okay. Um, Sega all the Sega had to go for was their was their was their original exclusives for the Dreamcast as well as third party exclusives. But the third party exclusives and the originals that Play- PlayStation had, PlayStation Two had, was better. Madden was only available on PlayStation Two, so that, that that was pretty much the Call of Duty at the time was Madden, right? And that was only on PlayStation. So so that that, that really hurt the Dreamcast. This was a self fulfilling prophecy, you know, that the Dreamcast died. Gamers and developers killed the Dreamcast because they had a preference for that rosy PlayStation future. You know, people should not try and excuse what actually happened and just accept it. Okay. PlayStation played the game correctly in the industry and they won. You know, this is the same path that Xbox is headed for, you know, with gamers and developers preferring PlayStation over Microsoft's console. At the rate it's been going, Xbox will also go the way that Sega did. Or do you remember, guys, remember the NEC with the PC Engine slash TurboGrafx-16? They were the Xbox of the Genesis Super Nintendo time. So it's not a surprise that when Dreamcast died, the Xbox was the spiritual successor of the Dreamcast. You know, it had new Sega games that came out on Xbox because the Dreamcast died. You know, but it wasn't enough. So, so Xbox getting ABK kind of helps save it, saves it, or at least makes it stronger to fight against PlayStation and Nintendo. But it's that will it actually save it? Yeah, it's a big giant maybe. You know, because right now, like I said, a lot of gamers and developers are still kind of favoring uh, PlayStation. They will, I think I think a lot of people, you know, honestly, they want they want to go back to the way it was in the in the eighties, where it was very cut and dried. You got and then to compare that to today, let's uh I think a lot of gamers and developers would would, would find some peace if the gaming industry was sep- was only this, okay? Mobile gaming through phones uh or tablets. Uh, Nintendo to provide the handheld option of video gaming, which is what the Switch is right now. For home cons- for a home console, only the PlayStation. PlayStation could be the only home console available. You know, makes it easy for developers and gamers to just buy one thing, get games for there, uh, and a gaming PC for everybody else that want that want the variety. You know, that's it. Nobody else allowed to the party. That's essentially what what a lot of people seem to be thinking, and a lot it's a generalization, but. Uh, there will be peace. There will be no console wars. Right. Um, but is that what people really want? I don't know. So hopefully the ABK deal with Microsoft will, will come out pretty good. And it'll even the scales. We're not going to see any, any of the results for another five years because it takes five years to make a really good game. So expect this to come into effect in the future. Probably the next gen. Or at the very latest... Uh, the end, the end years of the Series X. But we shall see. All right. If you have any comments about this, feel free to uh, respond to me on uh, Threads, actually, at Albert 5x5. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and... Oh, yeah. Before, before, before I move on, uh, I'm going to go ahead and toss in a conversation that me and John May recorded off, off the podcast from last week, actually, uh, regarding Mission Impossible and and a bunch of other stuff too. So there are there are spoilers in that conversation. So be warned. You know, when, you, when you hear a certain word, uh, maybe just turn it off or whatever. But for those of you who want to listen, um, I'm gonna toss something at the end of this episode. 
I think I had more to say about the Microsoft, Xbox, Activision, Blizzard, PlayStation, all that stuff. But uh, I, I said I said enough for now. All right. So uh, this is Albert. You can find me on Instagram and Treads at Albert Five x Five. Music has been provided by Gloomy June. Contact info, ways to support us, and everything else is on the show notes found on whowhatwhereswhy.com. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and play you another another 10 to 15 minutes of a conversation that me and Jamming had, and then we'll I'll wrap it up from there. Okay? Uh, thanks for listening. This was episode 681 of the Stuff and Junk Show. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this podcast has been a Who Was Worst White production. Okay, Jamming. That's it. That's a wrap. All right, that's it. Hey, two quick questions, though, yeah. real quick. Uh, two anime movie questions, see if you know the answer. Uh, first, actually, the same uh, same question. First slam dunk, psychopath, psychopath, Providence. Mm-hmm. Do I need to? They're part of a franchise or something. They're part of a longest. Do I? Do you think I need to watch the? Do I need to know anything before? Uh, any backstory before I go watch the movies, or do you know if those movies are standalones? I was wondering that question myself because I've never saw Psychopath. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. What about uh, slam dunk? I know slam dunk been around for a while, but I've never dunk? seen a slam dunk episode. So yeah. I'm hoping this isn't one that requires you to, but I'm pretty sure it does though, because you know, I I don't think this is like Jujutsu Kaisen where where the movie was actually like a prequel and you didn't really prequel, need to yeah. know the series if you didn't want mm-hmm. to. Did you did you start watching the se- the season two? No, because I watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero first. My nephew watched the the Jujutsu Kaisen first season by himself. Oh, I okay. never. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually working a little bit backwards. I watched Digital Kaisen Zero when it came out. Okay. Now I'm going back and watch the regular season one so I can kind of catch up and catch up and watch it with my nephew season two. But yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't lost in the I wasn't lost in the in the Digital Kaisen Zero though. I I, I, I kind of no kinda no. I I thought Digital Kaisen Zero did a really good job of of not yeah. having you rely on the TV series to know what's going yeah. on. I thought that they did really good. It job. helps. That, it helps. Yeah, it helps that as a prequel and stuff like that. It also you know well, I mean. Slight spoiler, but not really. Uh, season two takes place before this is a Kaisen right. Zero. That, that, that part I knew too. Because then nephew told me about, wow, is a whole season going to be like this? Like a real prequel prequel? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I know. It's like season uh-huh. one, then the That's prequel it. to season one, and then the prequel to the prequel to season one. I, know. I mean, like, okay. I, I guess yeah, that's I how they're going to do it. But yeah. But yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to jump on the bandwagon for Jujutsu uh, Kaisen. I watched the first couple episodes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work, work my way up. And like I said, I'm interested in seeing first Slam Dunk. I mean, Slam Dunk. Because it's been around for a long, long time, right? Yeah. Psycho Pass, I don't know anything about other than, hey, it's going to be at Point of Hills. I might as well check it out. So. I didn't realize that they had a reboot of Roni Kenshin. Which one is that one? You, you never watched Roni Kenshin? No, it's the, it? the, the 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 samurai assassin with the back uh, backwards sword. No, I don't think I have. Oh, okay. It's actually a really good series, and they rebooted it. There's actually the first episode of the mm. reboot came out over the weekend, which surprised me. Uh, I haven't checked it out yet, but uh, but it's a good, it's a really heard the, good series. Yeah, I heard the big one that premiered this this weekend or something like that is obviously just in, yeah, uh, season two, but also Zoom one hundred. Have you heard that one? Oh yeah, I saw th- I saw the poster and everything. Hulu has it, Netflix has it, Crunchyroll mm-hmm. has it. Like like everybody has it. I'm like, okay, it's, maybe I should check this out because everybody has it. Yeah, I heard this is the next big thing, right? Number one, it's uh not only are they doing an anime one that's on the other thing you just read, but the, uh, Netflix has a live action uh re- uh making of it that'll okay. come out in August. Yeah, Japan. I mean, it's not from Netflix, but they're buying it from from Japan. But j- j- 
the people in Japan love it so much they're doing an anime version, but also a live action version of the manga and stuff like that. Wow. Zoom yeah. 100. I, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to check it out because like I said, it, it, it kind of surprised me how like every service seems to have it. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe they're really pushing this. Must be really good. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out myself. What a time to be alive. I know. And who, there's a writer strike? What? <laughs> I know. I, I just, seriously, this is, this is a little bit off topic, but you know, my whole thing is like, hey, I want to bank all these episodes and stuff like that. But after I bank them, I still have to find time to watch it. I'm still like sitting on in uh, uh, Ted Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. You know what I mean? Silo. Apparently, I heard Silo's good too. And and after what yeah. happened with, with Rebecca Ferguson and Mission Impossible, I kind of want to jump into Silo now. Yeah, I swear, man. And just just this, just this is, for Isla. I mean, come on, come on. Going I'm gonna have, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. There's gotta be a reason for that because either she jumped on board Silo or something like that, or mm. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know. Maybe she had a falling yeah, out. I like that character. Did she, did, they have, she, did she have a falling out with Tom Cruise? I mean, what's going on here? I don't think so, but she's really good. I like that. I like the fact that there's like three really top-notch hot actresses you know, in that franchise. Right, but now right. that's point out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I mean it also kind of defeats the whole purpose of what happened in the previous movie, where they finally have the option to get together. And then yeah. this happens. I mean, come on now. There's gotta be a back, I, I, there's I gotta thought, be a backstory to this. Yeah, I think I I thought they were exploring a little bit of the, the idea, of like, hey, this girl and Tom Cruise, I mean Ethan Hunt have this like kind of have this un, this intimate intense relationship when they're together, but then when she leaves, she gets in a bunch of trouble and he has to go save. You know what I mean? I I, I like that kind of dynamic. Yeah, I like that. That's something well, it's like a it's like a bad so. it's like a Batman Catwoman thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's just that it's just that I was surprised at how little line she had in the movie. She 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 was herself a MacGuffin. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, it was yeah. a little it was a little disappointing. It's kind of hard for me to it say. Might a, it might be a COVID thing too. So a lot, I think a lot of things got changed with COVID. Like, this is one. This is the last movie. One of the last movies that got 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 skewed by the by the COVID uh, shutdown because this was they started filming in 2020, I think. Yeah, so, yeah. And I heard I heard um, the, the the main bad guy in the movie wasn't even supposed yes. to be the main bad guy in the movie. Yes. It was supposed to be yeah. uh, Nicholas Hunt. Nicholas Holt, yeah. which he's like yeah. he's like in everything. <laughs> yeah, but, it, well, yeah. he's in everything, but he's also missed out on a lot of things. But if, if it was going to be Nicholas Holt, he wouldn't play that character. He's much too young for that. So that tells yeah. me the whole movie got switched. The whole script no, yeah, got the, flipped um, when he dropped out. Uh, Christopher McQuarrie said that the villain was going to be completely different, and because right. of, because of what, because he dropped out and they got the older guy. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. we can do this instead, kind of thing. So that yeah. was that was not an upgrade because he's not very good in the movie. So he's not, the character's not good. He's not good. But I, my guessing, if they were kept Nicholas Holt, if you were to stay on, it would have been like he's a young MIF or MI. He, he would be like a younger version of you know Ethan Hunt coming after him, right? You know what I mean? Sure. They, they would sure. take that angle. But but the, I mean? but so, the other guy, the other guy will be like, what if what if Ethan Hunt turned bad? You know, that's what he's supposed to be, kind of thing, right? I mean that's kind of oh, what they that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They kind of yeah, that's the angle. That, yeah. yeah, and the, the, when when my, when my friend asked me, my, my coworker asked, "How was the movie?" I'm I'm not sure if you agree with my statement here, but the plot was just an excuse to string together the big action sequences. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it is. It does, that's really seemed like what it was. Like the plot, the, I thought mm-hmm. I thought out of all the Mission Impossible plots, this is the one that's like I could live without really, but the but, yeah. but the action sequences are still pretty amazing. You know. It's pretty amazing. That last sequence, it's a very uh, throwback to like the, you know, uh, Jackie Chan, Buster Keaton, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like a slapstick kind of a thing. You know, you have to jump from one cart as the cart goes over, over the thing. It's very good. That's very good. And it's and amazing like how there's two there's two movies involving cars going through Rome, Italy. 
one of them looks really good. The other one looks kind of cheesy. Yeah, it's really good. And also, the other thing positive I would recommend I would tell people, this is surprisingly, this is an origin story for, what do you call it? Hilly Atwell's character. It's an origin story for her. Yeah, like more or less it that's, is. That's, it is a, yeah. that's the angle I would have took. Yeah. If, they, if she's going to take over the franchise and stuff, this does a better job than the other one. Uh, what's the name? Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, nobody's going to take over the franchise. Guy. But but Nobody I I, I think I think Tom I think Tom Cruise is finally showing his age because the big yeah, giant he... stunt that they kept spoiling that really was just it. I expected yeah. more from that. Like like okay, well like they can't be the whole stunt. Like why did they keep why did they keep showing it? And that was yeah. it. And then and then yeah. the whole the whole speed parachute thing where they were like all oh, oh yeah Tom Cruise is doing speed parachute. It's really dangerous. And in the movie, yeah. it was probably it was practically a throwaway where he just yeah. like okay. So, it was yeah. a kind of a gag. It was a, it was a, it was a gag. Actually, the more impressive stunts were in, were in the last one. We, we, we just find that helicopter in the last one. Yeah, it's more impressive. I think yeah, that was. Yeah. I think that's the peak. I think that's the peak Mission Impossible. It was the last one. Yeah, but that but that isn't my favorite. And this this is this, this is something that I would like to go back to in the segment in the future. Uh, what our favorite Mission Impossible is, and and just a retrospective. It's obviously kind of thing. Fallout One, and then it's a uh, Fallout Number One. Uh, then was it the Ghost Protocol? Oh, we're gonna Ghost Protocol. We're, we're gonna do the list now. <laughs> and mean... then Rogue, and then uh, Mission. Mission Impossible Three, and then the last one will be Mission Impossible Two. Yeah, Mission Impossible Two wasn't very memorable. And yeah. al- although but I would I'll, say, I'll give John Wu credit I, though. There's a lot of scenes in Mission Impossible Two that seem like, oh, that that's probably you would now they say, oh, that's CG, that's that's blue yeah. screen, whatever. And yeah. I'm guessing that wasn't blue screen or or CG. It's and not, they actually yeah, did those stunts back then, so uh, pretty impressive. Like, like the whole thing where he yes, was climbing, yes. climbing, climbing the cliff of the wall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even back then, I was thinking like, well, it can't actually be Tom Cruise climbing the cliff of the wall. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's, but, he's doing, but he was but actually doing it. You know, it's like that's there, pretty impressive. There are good things to like about it. There yeah. are good things to like There's about the two, but it's yeah. but it's clearly I think it's, it's the last one. It's the last. It's the last of everything. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, good times. But uh, there was a move overall. This one, it's fine. I would say it's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere, so it's, it's definitely somewhere. In the Maybe some, yeah, it's wherever you put the Rogue Nation. I think it's underneath Rogue Nation for me. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, fair. yeah, that's fair. I mean, there's plus they, they killed off Rebecca Ferguson. I mean, come on, why did they kill? I, I don't understand. I thought I thought they were gonna kill Benji. I thought that was the move to make. Yeah, kill Benji. I thought that was the direction they were gonna go to. And but they, but but this is how this is how my friend felt when when they killed off Han Solo in Force Awakens. He's just like, why would you kill that character? Yeah, because yeah. I would argue this. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of three, but three is actually the most important uh, mission possible because it introduced Benji. Benji is surprisingly important character. It's probably the second most important character in the whole franchise because Agreed. he reintrodu- he reintroduced the concept of team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mission Possible team. The first one obviously killed everybody. Second one, there's only Luther, I think, right? And then, but it wasn't really a team. But the third one, for better or worse, he, Genji is it's a team. He needs a team to do these Mission Impossibles. You know what I mean? Then it becomes like a true ensemble in in four, five, blah blah blah. Especially five. So that's why I say, yeah. So, so kill me. Wait, so which was me. which was Ghost Protocol? Was it four or five? Four, four. Especially four. I think four exactly. was when they yeah. really established the teamwork. Exactly. Yeah. When Benji goes on the mission with Ethan Hunt and stuff like that, and the other chick, Paul Patton, in the beginning, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. Stuff. Wait, so, yeah. Refresh my memory. Um, mm-hmm. They haven't established that they're dead, right? They're still alive somewhere. Paula Patton. Yes. And yeah. uh, Jeremy Renner. Did, did, did they kill off Jeremy Renner? What happened to him? No. So he's still alive. The somewhere. only ki- yeah, he's still alive. The only one they can even bring back the chick from uh, from two. Oh uh, right? yeah, absolutely. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Does she want to be in another big? Oh, 
Do you think she wants to come back? <laughs> I mean, I heard, I heard. I mean, the, I heard she was. She didn't really have a lot of fun in the movie, in Mission Impossible Two. I know, but she, uh, she can. Uh, what call it? She can. Uh, she's missing those Westworld checks, I guess. You know, what I'm saying? it depends on how much, how much money you throw. Oh, Mikey but Q. the one ones they can't bring. Bring back Mikey Q. Yeah, they could, uh, I was about to list all of them. the ones you can't bring back. Obviously, the love interest from the, all, everybody from Mission One. Obviously, yeah, you can't bring back Alec Baldwin, right? You can't bring back uh, what's his name? Um, uh, his wife. They can't bring back his wife anymore. Well, yeah, but yeah, because that, that, that kind of defeats the whole his. purpose of of exactly. Yeah, yeah, they they are reconning one of the movies and stuff like that. And then I think that's about it. They can bring back Maggie Q. They can bring back even what what's the other guy's name from from number three? Uh, oh, right, the, guy the other guy. He yeah, was the other guy, he was the other guy that people go, oh, they're probably going to segue to him being being the yeah. new mm-hmm. Idanon, and that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess anybody that you think is going to segue to the new role, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so what I'm saying is they should do uh, Avengers Assemble for the last for the one. Last you know what I mean? Bring yeah. back, yeah, bring back Paul Pan, bring back Pan, bring back Maggie Q. Bring him, I actually wouldn't mind bring back uh, Jeremy uh, Jeremy Renner. So why not bring him back? Well, he's he's not able to maybe right. Well, now. I mean, if yeah. if the next one really is supposed to be the last one, yeah, they should go. They mm-hmm. should do Avengers Endgame style and bring mm-hmm. everybody somehow helps out. You know, kind of thing. And I don't know if you noticed, but the Ving Rhames is not the most spry person anymore. <laughs> Dude, you know what I mean? Yeah. A lot. yeah. They're, they're like, let's I, put him in a seat. What am I doing here? That you're, you're sitting yeah, down. You notice that too, you, you notice that too, right? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He's enjoying he's he's enjoying his life right now. He's going yeah. a little ways. He's not, you know, he's not he's not Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh don't, don't worry, we're gonna we're gonna write you off in the scene where you're gonna you're gonna have to go be out of the picture for a while. <laughs> yeah. Maybe maybe hit the gym a little bit, diet a little bit before no, come I, back I, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I so mean have, have have they finished filming part two? They have right. My understanding is they they started, but they had to stop. Because oh of the God, right. David! Seriously, the, the, the after strike is going to happen this week. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they had they had to stop because. Uh, but you can tell they they, they started filming. Is uh, what's your name? Haley Haley Atwell and and also Palm Kid Kidif Kidif. What, what's her name? Oh, Palm, Palm the Korean. Clement. Oh, that's right. Kidif, she, she has a pulse. Oh my God! Yeah, she's I can't lot. believe they did that. <laughs> Yeah, their uh, their Instagram. You can tell they they spent a couple, like last month they spent some time in it in the Arctic because you have to get there get to something. The submarine, so, that's right. So the right. yeah, so the so they've been filming there. So yeah, they started filming, but my understanding is they they had to shut it down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all signs point right now to the actors going on strike this week because supposedly they they're, they're already printing out the pickets the pickets. The, that's good. Uh, yeah. So because that that mean, that means they have they can't have the writers and the actors go on strike. So they have to negotiate, and if they sign the thing. That means they, the two, my own mindset is the two uh, unions have, have, like, have a, a sort of an agreement where, hey, if one gets signed, the other one will just kind of cut, cut and paste and they both get, they both should get signed. So yeah. that's my understanding. So, yeah. Yeah. That's just, it's, it's ridiculous. Let's, let's finish this up. Come on. Absolutely. Speaking of finishing up, I'm, I'm going to have, I'm going to go walk the dog right now. All right. Peace out. I did. Bye. Bye.